Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just for Sport. Jamal K. Davis here for the Props Network. It's our Australian Open tennis preview show. I'm so excited. Australian Open really means that it's the beginning of the tennis season, and I get so happy. And I'm also jealous because I'm in cold weather, and it's nice and warm, and it's sunny down there, uh, down under in Australia. But I'm excited for the show today. We have three special guests joining us, and we're going to talk tennis, and we're very excited to have them on. First we have up is WTOP sports anchor, Frank Hanrahan. He not only is very knowledgeable about tennis and uh, that's occasionally like I do, but also plays the game and teaches it as well. So we're happy to have him on. We also have Ava Wallace of the Washington Post. She's covered the U.S. Open, but also covers basketball, just like Frank. Oh, my heart goes out for Washington Wizards fans. We're just struggling. And Mark Stern, also known as Nigel on the Tony Kornheiser Show. He is an MC for the City Open and court reporter for the U.S. Open. Thank you very much to the three of you for joining me. How are you doing today? Doing great. Great to be on with you, man. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, first, uh, it's a little bit of breaking news. They had to pause mm. the Australian Open warm-up tournament, six of them to be exact. It's kind of hard to keep them all straight of who's playing where and in what uh, group in the cups, et cetera, et cetera. Let's initially start with you, Ava. Uh, your thoughts on having to postpone these warm-up uh, events already as they're getting ready for the Australian Open due to COVID. Yeah, I have to say I, I'm I'm not really that surprised. You know, we knew going into this how seriously tennis Australia with the entire country down there pretty much having gotten uh, their COVID situation under control. We knew how seriously they were going to take letting people from all over the world into the country. Um, so I, I'm I, everything I've read, everything I've kind of heard on podcasts and things like that is people are giving a lot of props to tennis Australia uh, for how well they're kind of handling both sides of this in terms of managing the safety aspect and doing the best they can uh, in keeping players happy as well, which, you know, tennis players don't <laughs> find something to complain about, but it sounds like tennis Australia is getting their props. And, and Frank, I mean, Nick Kyrgios last year was very upset about tennis even continuing on that mm -hmm. we need to stop during the pandemic. And Novak Djokovic wanted them to loosen restrictions for these warm-up tournaments. Uh, when you saw the breaking news, was it kind of like, hey, this is what we ex expected? And are you surprised to Ava's point that the players mm -hmm. are already upset about it? Now they have to quarantine again. Well, you know, it's interesting because Kyrgios is one, now sort of saying we got to push through and, and make this happen. So he's sort of doing a about face. But I was a bit surprised, uh, guys, because it was just a couple of days ago I saw a video of uh, Serena playing down under and it was full of fans in the crowd. And I'm like, oh, my God, they've got this under control. Everything's good. This is amazing what they're doing in Australia. But then I guess the security guard, you know, tests positive for it. So it's almost like we get two steps forward and then we take one step back. But to your point about tennis players and being so fickle and so specific about everything, uh, you know, they want to be ultimately safe. But it also really cuts into their training and preparing for these tournaments. So, you know, I feel for them right now because, mm -hmm. I, you know, I saw some stories about being on airplanes with one positive person you got to quarantine for 14 days so that certainly affects um your preparation so this is really difficult for everybody involved 
And Mark, your involvement covering the your involvement covering the City Open, the U.S. Open as a court reporter and doing a podcast. This could kind of be a good thing that you have a quarantine because now you've got to come up with more stories. You've got a bunch of players to interview. But at the same time, this is probably very hectic time for people down in Australia. And the thought of the Australian Open starting on time on Monday I doubt it's going to go as smoothly as we thought it was. What are your thoughts? Yeah, we'll just echo what, uh, what Ava and Frank said. Yeah, it, it's not surprising that this popped up despite the outstanding precautions that the Australian tennis officials have put in place in Australia in general. That's just the nature of this virus is it's just it's persistent and it's sneaky and it finds a way to get through almost any defenses that you have. At the U.S. Open this year, we had some issues you know, uh, Christina Mladenovic was unable to play, and I know that upset her greatly because she was exposed to a player and things had to lock down for a little bit. But to be able to get through the tournament almost as seamlessly as possible in, in New York this past summer, it, it gives me faith that that they will get this thing going. And I, I think I saw a comment from one of the top officials that said they have every intention to start this thing on time on Monday. But you know, now you're talking about players are going to be locked in the rooms. And, and as Frank said, what kind of training are they going to get in? So it, it, I, I'm sure the players are frustrated. I'm sure the officials are frustrated. This came up really at the last minute, but uh, I, I have every confidence that they'll be able to get th through this and, uh, and we'll be able to crown some new winners this year. Uh, the, it is the 2021 Melbourne Summer Series. We've got the ATP Cup. We've got the Murray River Open, the Great Ocean Road Open, the Yarra Valley Classic, the Gippsland Trophy. <laughs> it's, it's so many things to keep up with. Ava, are you able to follow where players are playing, how well they're doing? Serena Williams hasn't, you know, she said in the interview, she really hasn't played a tune-up. She can count on her hands the number of times she's played a tune-up leading up to a Grand Slam. Uh, how much are you enjoying seeing all of this tennis on a daily basis? It's really nice. And I mean, it's as needed for us fans as it is for the tennis players, it seems like. Like, I can't remember who's where and who's how prepared and the last time anybody played. So it is nice to see. It's it's weird to see. I mean, obviously, we're not used to this whole string of uh, of tournaments leading up to the Australian Open. But you have to think the players need as, as much match play as they can get because practice is one thing. And I know practice has been limited. Uh, practice times are different for everybody with how much time different players can get on court every day, which is going to be a huge factor, I think, going ahead. But more than anything, I'm sure the players would say is what they need is good match play against match-ready opponents, just to work their stamina up, get their game feel up, all of the things that you miss when you're in quarantine, when you haven't played a normal season. Mm -hmm. Frank, have you seen any any matches or players that you feel like what well, you want to say they were in a rhythm, but now no if we end up not being able to play for the next two or three days, now you're going into the Australian Open code. I mean, they might as well just do the draw now so that they can maybe start on time. Yeah, it's amazing the opportunity for some of these younger players and the time that we've spoken. We're always talking about who's going to be that next player to break through, right? We, we finally saw a team break through at the – the, the COVID-19 U.S. Open, which was a different environment. And this will certainly be a little bit different, but there will be crowds, we think, right? I mean, who knows what's going to happen in terms of that now moving forward. But that is such a big part of tennis that we just forget about. Like, I'm such a tennis-hungry person. I'm going on YouTube and watching old matches and seeing, <laughs> and seeing the impact that the crowd has on the players. 
and how much that can get behind somebody and how much momentum can swing just like that because of the crowd being behind a player. So I think a lot of that depends on how many folks will be allowed in the stands. But here's another chance for younger players to break through finally and beat the old guard, so to speak. So that will be another dynamic that I'm looking forward to. But to, to your question, you know, I've seen a lot of Curiosus highlights. And, you know, I look at the rankings and I go, how is this guy 47th in the world? <laughs> 47. 47. Not even top 10. Yeah. It's like we give him all this credit and for him for speaking out. But at the same time, you're like, you sort of have to play well to make these bold statements. You yeah. got to have that street cred on the tennis court, which 47 is just, he's got to be better than that. Yeah. Uh, his 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 mouth maybe is a little more talented right. than his actual his game because right. he can talk some trash like he can play like his business all together. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, for those of you watching our live stream, please, uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Pros Network, for more content. Let's start on the women's side with you, Mark. Uh, Sophia Kennan is a reigning 2020 Australian Open champion. Uh, the first woman not named Serena Williams since Jennifer Capriati in 2002. Do you have a favorite? My thing is, can Ashley Barty win her home tournament? That's what I, I don't know. It's a, it pulls at my heartstrings when that happens, you know? Uh, sure. What are your thoughts so far on the favorite to win on the women's side? Well, Ash Barty is a great story, and I love seeing her play uh, anywhere, but particularly in Australia. And I love her for a lot of reasons, but she took some time off just to get some space between her and the game so it didn't dominate her life and make her burn out. And to have that sort of self-awareness about yourself and the sport that you've chosen that you love and is your profession, um, I, I think she's got a lot going for her. And, and I, she is a very much a sentimental favorite for me to win this for a variety of reasons. I think Sophia Kennan had a terrific year last year in a very odd year. Um, didn't obviously you know, make it to the finals of the U.S. Open. I think got to the, the fourth round, which was her best ever, and, and played well enough to win here last year and was off to a great start. I think she's got a terrific chance to win. I think I would love to see Serena win. I think she's also a sentimental favorite for a lot of us. But as she said recently, if they hadn't moved the date of this back, she wouldn't have been ready as, as she's recovering mm -hmm. from that Achilles injury this past fall. And it seems like she gets to a certain level at every tournament and then she kind of hits a wall, whether it's physically or the other talent rises up or whatever. So I, I think it's a real tall hill for her to climb. But um, I, I tell you, there's, there's one name out there, and she won the U.S. Open a couple of years ago, and one of the most electrifying players out there plays with pure passion and energy, and that's Bianca Andreescu. And, and I, I can't wait to see what she does in this tournament after taking so much time off last year. Mm -hmm. Naomi Osaka is a favorite at plus 500. Ashley Barty's at plus 750. Uh, Andreescu's at plus 1,700. Uh, Ava, your thoughts on who you think would be the favorite to win the Australian Open? You guys, you think after like 10 months of doing Zoom that I would know when to unmute. Anyways, um, <laughs> I do I do like Ken in there um, just because I think she did so well during such a weird up and down year for such a young player to start really first onto the scene. I mean, I know she had a couple big wins over Serena in Paris a couple of years before her, uh, her Grand Slam win, but to make a name for herself in Australia and then really sustain her play. She had an excellent year, even in the few non-slam tournaments that uh, were played last year. To sustain that level is incredible. I think she has the feistiness. I think she has the attitude. I think she has uh, the kind of drive in herself 
to say, this is my tournament now and I really want to defend here. Um, she had a great year. She's my favorite. I, I think I'm mainly just excited to watch the women's side. Uh, the stories that we got last year, not just with uh, Sophia and Naomi, but with Vika Azarenka coming back and were really all stories of players persevering over so many different things. Naomi, who got involved in social activism on her own side, week after taking all of the time off and kind of the drama in her personal life. Um, so I think there are quite a few players who are, are really good at managing the ups and downs in the roller coaster thing that was last year. So I'm excited to see who kind of stays strong through that yet again in a, in a weird timing and with the weird practice and everything going on. Frank, who's your favorite? Well, uh, Sterno sort of stole my thunder, but I do like I, I like Osaka at what plus five hundred. It's not a that's, that's not a bad uh, wager right there. And Andreescu, uh, a couple years ago, uh, you know, just when she kind of broke onto the scene, I admired the way she played uh, in terms of that perseverance. But to that mental side, that that's a great point, Ava. The fact that off the court you're dealing with so much, and then you get on the court, and we all know about the struggles you have between the lines. So that will be an interesting dynamic moving forward. But these players are so good at that, compartmentalizing uh, between the net and the, and, the, and the baseline. I do also um, have Barty down there. So those are three players that uh, that stick out to me. And I do like the return on all of these wagers. So if you put, you know, C-note on all three, there's a good chance you may be a winner. I don't know. I'm just saying, don't don't quote me on that. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> it's always dangerous when you give out winners. Winners. Yeah, and 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 I'd love to find that sleeper player, Frank, to stay with you. Is there someone that you could see breaking through, uh, Jennifer Brady, or a return of someone like a uh, Azarenka plus twenty four hundred? Yeah. Huh? How about her? I would uh, love that. Azarenka, what's what's Halep? I mean, she's in the top five, and we sort of. You know, always sort of. She's at plus nine hundred. There you go. There's my sleeper. That's that's plus nine hundred is a sleeper, even though you're in the top five. So there you yeah. go. I'll go with that. Mark. Uh, I'm going to go with Belinda Bencic, who uh, I think was also having a nice year and has dealt with some injury issues. Now this is a real dark horse. If you're throwing money on this, just <laughs> understand this is a long shot. But I think I, I've always loved her game. And I've, she's one of those players I've been waiting for to put put it all together and make a really deep run and win a tournament. I, I think she's got that in her. Uh, again, I, I think there's a lot of talented players at the top of the field on the women's side. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for her. But but that's that, that would be my dark horse for you. She's at plus twelve thousand. There Ava. you go. I am hoping you're gonna say a name, and I don't want to lead you, but I'm curious who your sleeper is. Oh no, where are you leading me? I, I have a sentimental sleeper. I would love to see uh, like a Petra Kvitova come through here on hard courts, mm -hmm. fresh leg, see what she can do and just absolutely thwacking the ball. That would be great. Um, I don't know how you can possibly count Simona Halep on fresh legs out. I mean, she'll just run you ragged, but who are you, who are you leading me to there? I am wondering, I wondering. Uh, for, for new betters, so I can explain how the odds work, plus 1,200 means that's 120 to 1. You bet a dollar, you win 120. Coco Golf. I feel like we're not talking about her enough anymore. She's at plus 10,000. That's a tough ask for such a young player to come in. And, and, fret. and listen, I don't know anyone who's who can in life bet against Coco Golf, but that's right. a big ask. How fun would that be, though? 
Yeah, I really like her game. I feel like, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong here. I'm curious what you think, but I feel like she's kind of, you know, taking a downturn in her career, not as as wonderful as I feel like it got off to a start that she was going to ascend. And, yeah. you know, she's kind of leveled off in her play and winning tournaments. But um, another question I have for you, Serena Williams, I mentioned she rarely plays in uh, warm-ups up to Grand Slam. She has won 23 Grand Slams. Margaret Court's at 24. Almost half of those 24 are at the Australian Open. Mm-hmm. Does that discredit Margaret Court at all, that you already feel like Serena Williams is the greatest tennis player ever? And do you see Serena possibly winning here to tie Margaret Court? Any one of you can take it. We can- <laughs> well, I, I don't want to, like uh- – you know, go too hard on Margaret Court with her issues. <laughs> She's sort of like, uh, you know, they've basically done away with anything with her, with the tournament, except for like the stadium, right? Is that how it is? Yeah, yeah that's probably the biggest thing. <laughs> so uh, I would love for that simple fact for Serena Williams to surpass Margaret Court. Uh, but, you know, it's a different time, different age. Uh, and, and Margaret Court has not helped herself with what she's been doing off the court. Uh, but, yes, I would love to see Serena do well. It's amazing at 39. Uh, it truly is fascinating. You know, not to say that you can't obviously perform at a high level at that age, but for what she has sustained and continues to do and thrive under the pressure is amazing. So I would love to see her do very well here, if nothing but to match Margaret Court. Ava? <laughs> That's what I was going to say when you were talking about Coco. I was like, she's not ascended. She's got 20 years left, you know, (laughs) with the precedent that Serena's setting. Let's give her time. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's it's hard to compare different time periods just because uh, the simple fact that tennis players traveled differently back then. You know, Margaret Court, an Australian, was going to play her home tournament a lot more. Um, Somebody like uh, Chrissy Everett and Martina Navratilova, they didn't go to the Australian Open as much. So that kind of fact Mm -hmm. is... It's hard to compare. I think if you'd ask any casual tennis fan, any anyone who's barely a sports fan, uh, who the immediate greatest of all time is, I think it's a pretty simple answer for most people. So that means a lot to me. But yeah, it would be it would just be poetic justice to see Serena do that here. Mark on the women's side, is Serena the best chance for an American to win the U.S. Open? I know we have Sophia Kennan, Madison Keys, Jennifer Brady. What are your thoughts? Uh, again, I love her to get to the quarters. It's just, you know, when she gets that far, it's really been a struggle for her, um, from that point on and all these majors over the last few years. And I'd like to think she's, she's the best chance, but I really think in my heart that it's Sophia Kennan and, and just to echo on what Ava and, and Frank were saying, you know, Serena Williams will always be considered one of the greatest champions and it becomes one of those great debates. Well, who's the greatest ever? Is it Margaret Court? Is it, is it Serena Williams? Is it Steffi Groff? Is it Martina Navratilova? She's in that conversation. If not at the top of it, it's a Brady, you know, versus Montana. It's Jordan versus LeBron. And so people are always going to have their sides on that, but there is no question in my mind that she is just one of the supreme champions in sports of all time. Mm -hmm. And so to me to get that 24th, yes, it would be poetic justice. And yes, it would be nice to get that number. But in my mind, she doesn't need it because she's already proven so very much on and off the court that, that she's shown what a true champion she is. Serena is 85 to one to win the Australian open. I can't Mm -hmm. believe that's amazing. Uh, On the men's side, Frank Novak Djokovic, 
is the odds-on favorite to win this at plus 135. He has seven Australian Open titles, seven of the last ten at the Australian Open, back-to-back champion, first player ever to win a Grand Slam in three straight decades. Novak is amazing, and yet Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can pick him to win this tournament. I don't know. I don't think the poor team. He's Here's strong enough to handle it. What, what's his number? What's his? What are the odds on him? See, plus one thirty-five. See, that's very dangerous, and it's not—it's not a bad bet, actually. Uh, but we had this conversation before. We're with tennis; you just never know what's going to happen, right? And who would have thought at the U.S. Open what happened to Djokovic? I mean, <laughs> one in a million shot, right? So yeah. if you had Djokovic at the U.S. Open, you're out. Whatever that those odds were. So, yeah, and when it comes to this tournament, I, I, you just if you're wagering on it, you can't take Djokovic because the return is just not good enough, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Plus 135, you bet 100, you win uh, – or you got to bet – yeah, 100 to win 135, right? Yeah, yeah. Not a great return. So you get a little bit of your money back uh, in terms of what you put down. But uh, he is certainly the favorite for a reason to his resume. Uh, he's not the, the easiest guy to root for, quite frankly, because mm-hmm. of his tendencies and what he can do in terms of nailing a, a, a sideline ref with the tennis ball. Uh, but um, he's so he's so talented. What is he, 34, and it looks like he has a slowdown. So, yeah, I, I understand why he's the favorite. But if I'm betting on somebody, it would not be him. If that I, go ahead, Ava. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I'm not a, a betting person, so I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm not confident enough to fool with my money like that, let's say. I, I have too many clothes to buy. Um, I <laughs> How do you bet against Novak Djokovic at the Australian Open? I hear what you're saying about the U.S. Open and that, but I, I kind of go back and think, okay, at the U.S. Open with the lines judge thing, you have to be ruffled like he was to get in that situation. He was angry. He was pissed. He was losing. I haven't seen Djokovic ruffled at, ruffled at the Australian Open in a really long time, even when he played that great final against Medvedev last year. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, Medvedev is actually taking this from him. And there was still no doubt in my mind that Djokovic was going to come back and win that. That's, I mean, what Roland Garros is to, to Rafa, Melbourne is to Djokovic. I just think he's so comfortable there. He's so confident there. I don't know how you can take anyone else on the men's side. Yeah. Uh, I, I am always, I'm team team. <laughs> At plus six hundred, oh, I've always been team team. Uh, Mark, who's your favorite on the men's side? Well, I, it's got to be Djokovic. And you know, the last time I saw him was it was not the incident on the court. It was him peeling out of the U.S. Open tennis grounds, <laughs> getting out of Dodge, like not even attending a press conference, just right. getting out of there. And it was a really bad look for him. I mean, it was like, mm-hmm. look, if you do something like that, and you're you're the top seed at this tournament. You're, you know, you've got to face the music. And I was, I personally was disappointed that he didn't step up in a bigger way to sort of own that. He, he sent out apologies afterwards, but it's really easy to do that. It's hard to face the cameras right afterwards. And and so to me, this is a bit of a redemption moment for him. That if he can play a clean tournament, um, you know, I think he seems healthy. He's certainly motivated because he's still chasing Rafa and Roger. Uh, and on that note, you know. Uh, Rafa's going to play, you know, he just had to pull out of of one tournament because he's trying to get some rest on his back. Um, You know, if he wins now, he has the most grand slams for men ever. Uh, So there's a lot going on there, but if there's a guy I think is going to win this and I love what team did and I love that he finally broke through and man is his game on every surface, just fantastic. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I, I think it's the Russian. I think it's Daniil Medvedev um, who who was the villain a couple of years ago at the U S open. But 
man, and that, that's just because people don't know him. I've interviewed him a bunch of times. He has an amazing sense of humor. He's a he's just a lot of fun to be around and a just a brilliant player to watch. And so I think and I just think this this is gonna be his year. That is four and a half to one for Medvedev yeah. to win. Uh, those aren't great odds, but much better than Djokovic at plus 135. Ava, yeah. do you have a sleeper that you could see winning on the men's side? Uh, I think the most obvious sleeper might be a guy like Zverev, just somebody who can really crack things on hard courts, who's been right there, who obviously had that just mm. a really long long final against team at the US Open. Uh Mark, I hope you weren't on the on the air for that entire match. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a long uh, day. I, yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think he's gotta be you know he's kind of the next one up in men's tennis right there. So that would be my pick. Frank uh that's a great question. Um how's uh what's my what's uh Sissy Pass's uh odds right there? Yeah he's another guy that's like right like there. That. Yeah, he's uh, he's plus seventeen hundred, hundred seventy. Oh, I love that. I love that. Give me a C note on Sissy Price. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's these guys are so good, and that's why you know, outside, uh, I think Medvedev, Sissy Pass, Djokovic, Nadal, uh, you know those top four guys. We're to the point now where I would say yes, Novak Novak is your favorite, but hey. Zverev, Medvedev, uh, and your guy team. I mean, the, the discrepancy isn't that much, in my opinion, these days. So yeah. I'd be willing to put a little bit more money on some of the other guys not named Djokovic just because you just never know. It could be their day. It could be their tournament. And finally, one of these younger guys will break through sort of following what team did at the U.S. Open. So, I, yeah, I like uh, I like uh, Sissipas as my, sort of my sleeper, even though it's really not. Can, is there an American that you can see getting to the final and winning it? And I feel like that is really a long shot. If you're talking about a John Isner, I love my favorite name in tennis right now is Tennis Sangren. I mean, come on, uh, Taylor Fritz. Uh, any chance of an American breaking through that you see? Uh, Mark, we'll start with you. I think the best chance that the Americans have, the American men, is if John McEnroe or Jimmy Connor can invent a time machine <laughs> and come back from the '70s and play tonight or play this oh, year. I, I just, I, it, I, the short answer is I don't think there's any chance. I yeah. mean, I, I would say um, mm -hmm. Tiafo, just because he's quasi local here in DC, mm -hmm. and I love his game, and I do think he has a lot of upside to it. But I don't think, and I think Isner didn't Isner back out of the tournament? Is he not playing? I he might, did back out, actually. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, I, I just, man, I, I, Rally Opelka, you know, I, I don't think any of these guys, as good as they are, they're not at that level of the of the the chaps that, that Frank just talked about mm -hmm. with Sitsipas. And, and and by the way, I just want to say one thing about Sitsipas. He had he blew a huge lead in a match at the U.S. Open. I mean, it was yeah. embarrassing. It was painful to watch. And mm -hmm. I, th I said to myself, man, how long is this guy going to take to bounce back from this kind of, of loss? And the next day he posted on, on Instagram mm -hmm. or, or Twitter – a picture of a guy hitting a bat like a, a ball against a, a like the side of a building, and he said, yeah. "I just found somebody better than me." And <laughs> and so to have that kind of self awareness and humor, and looking at that, I was like, "This guy's going to be just fine." So I, I'm with you on that on that with on that one, Frank. I think Sitsipas is is going to be fun to watch in this tournament. But yeah. as for the Americans, no, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Connors is walking through yeah. that door, and here's here's Mac and Row or yeah, Agassi or Stampers. You know, we're just not there yet. As a, as a general question, as, as we're going to close out here, I love five-set matches. 
they are so much fun to watch in the drama and you're, you know, you're obviously bummed out for mm -hmm. the player that loses, but the Australian Open seems to lend itself for more hard, grueling matches. How much do you enjoy watching a good five-set match? Uh, Ava, we can start with you again. I love watching a good five-set match. I hate watching a bad five-set match. <laughs> you know, I really, that's, there's such a debate, like, should we cut it off at three? A good match is a good match, no matter how long it is. I do think they tend to be better. They tend to tip more into the epic kind of thing uh, when they are five -set. I don't think that U.S. Open final was good. I don't think it was. It just wasn't quality tennis all the way mm -hmm. through. But yeah, when you're, you know, when you've got something like a, was Djokovic Medvedev was five last year. Is that right? Yeah, you know, you're up at 3 a.m. And I'm like, I'm so tired. I feel like I'm going to throw up, but I can't turn the TV off. Like, <laughs> I've said matches are fantastic. I, I think they're what make Grand Slam special. Um, I'm totally not in the camp that says cut it off at three. I love a good five set match. Yeah, me too. Frank? Yeah, I do. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm surprised that uh, they don't implement a rule, sort of like a slaughter rule. Let's say if you win the first <laughs> they say, yeah, the hell with it. It's over. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of five sets. I know there've been discussions about cutting uh, cutting mm -hmm. back to, to three. Uh, I just I just love I love sort of the marathon aspect of it at, at times, and they show how long the match is and all that kind of stuff. So I yeah I love a good five setter. It shouldn't go anywhere. And I'm sort of old school. Like when they cut down the uh, the, the um, win by two to a tiebreak, I was like, oh yeah man. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's have another 70, 68 match. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, so Mark, cool. Mark uh, what's your thoughts on five-set matches? But also, let's end the show. Uh, we'll start with you and pick who you think will win on the men's and women's side. Your final prediction. Okay. Well, there's three categories of a five-set match. If I'm playing in one, I hate it because I'm in terrible shape and I can't really go past two sets anyway. So that's awful. If I'm working, and especially if it's a late match, <laughs> you're like, all right, if they finish in straight sets, I'll get home by 11 o'clock tonight. And inevitably, it never is. It's a five-set match and you're home at 4 a.m. And even then still, you love it. But boy, if I'm at my if I'm in my apartment, I'm watching on TV, that's what I want. I want a great you know, bare knuckles fight, just five set brawl. And like Ava said, let's make it good tennis. Let's not make it a drag out. Like who, both players are trying to lose this match. So <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at with that. Um, as for winners, um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Sophia Cannon. I think she's going to repeat. I think it's going to be fantastic. And you know what? I'm flipping this. I was going to say Djokovic because he's the obvious pick, but I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with Medvedev. I think he wins. And think about this. When would be the last time that two men not named Nadal, Djokovic, right. or Federer won like, back-to-back tournaments where we didn't have one of those guys winning? So um, I think it's going to be Medvedev. I think he's going to walk away with a win this year. Uh, Frank? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, what's Nadal's number in terms of his Nadal, odds? plus 600. I like that number. And I, I'll stick with one of the, the big horses He's, he's just so tenacious. Certainly, he's capable of falling to uh, Djokovic, who's the, the favorite. But in terms of a return, I'll, I'll put a 100 on Nadal to get that six bills back. And also, Stan Wawrinka. We've, we've thought about Stan the man. Stan uh, the man. He's trying to get back into shape. Stan <laughs> the old man, I was going to say. <laughs> Give me a long shot. But on the, uh, on the women's side, I'll go with Osaka. Uh, I, I think that uh, not only is it a good bet, I think it's also a smart bet. Um and she's a champion, and, and they've got 
you know, they got the little extra something. So I'll go with Osaka to win uh, at the Australian. Ava? I'm also going with Osaka. I think that's uh, that makes the most sense to me. And then, you guys, you got to go Djokovic. Come on. I, <laughs> it's going to be really fun if I'm wrong, though. So if I'm wrong, we're, we're all meeting back up and, like, live streaming. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. <laughs> I I actually I could I feel like Novak Djokovic is going to have some issues with being quarantined again, and he's not going to necessarily be uh, in the right frame of mind. I've been team team. I was so close last year. Now I did get it right with the U.S. Open, but I was so close last year with. Uh, wait, it was the Australian Open, right? Am I forgetting it? That's the one where he was uh, the runner up last year, right? Wasn't French. I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. No, it was a French. It was a French, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm sticking with Team Team at plus 600. Thank you very much, Frank and Ava and Mark, for joining me for this Australian Open preview show. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed our Australian Open preview here on the Props Network. Uh, it's going to be some fun tennis. No matter whenever they decide to play this tournament, hopefully it'll get started on time, which will be at like, what, 3 a.m. in the morning on uh, Sunday for, for us. So that will be exciting. But I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and I hope you are, too, for all of you out there that enjoy tennis. And Jay Dawson said five-set match. Very appropriate. I love a good five-set match. It's been great. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate you all that have been watching us on the live stream and anyone that is listening to it as a podcast. Uh, please uh, listen, share, uh, and leave a review uh, for all of the Just for Sports. And of course, we also have on Fridays, we've got NBA picks and props with Dexter Henry and the guys. And of course, Joel has the craziest Super Bowl picks and props and parlays. I mean, he's always got something going on in his head. And uh, yeah, it's going to be very entertaining. So make sure you check him out on the walk on here on the Props Network. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. I want to thank Ava Wallace, Mark Stern, and Frank Hammerham for joining me on this Australian Open preview show. Uh, yeah, it's been great. Joel's coming up next with this NBA picks. Ciao for now. <laughs>